0: You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. We're going to do something different on today's show. I... I've just come to the conclusion as much as I enjoyed writing uh, the time for me to write after I lost uh, the gig of 24-7 after they got rid of baseball in general uh, with this podcast along with having a small child and uh, a larger commute and time commitment with a day job writing is just one of those things as much as I would love it to happen it isn't uh, it's kind of going to go by the wayside for the most part and you know part and parcel maybe of losing the writing gig is it's not something when I have downtime I, I want to do it's not uh, a way it's currently not enjoyable to do so I have been promising and promising this the second half of my uh, way too early mock draft so we're going to do it here on the podcast instead we're going to do something very different I'm going to go through this including the Indians selection and why but I going to go through all the teams that uh, had been eliminated to talk about them uh, again, Houston Astros don't have a pick because of what happened. So we're going to see how far I get into I'm thinking this might be a two-day podcast affair, uh, especially because at the end of today, we'll have uh, Atlanta we can talk about or Los Angeles to talk about who currently uh, Los Angeles has picked 29 and Atlanta has picked 24. Uh, as always, when I do these write-ups, it's based on information I hear from others, chats with friends. Uh, Texts with people, scouting reports, stats, uh, and any information that people send my way. I kind of just compile it all. As I mentioned before, uh, perfect game. I always have to shout them out because it is so hard to get birth date data and they always have that. So that is always huge just in terms of like how many years, how many months. Sometimes it's really nice when we get closer to the draft and they even tell us what their birth date on the draft will be, but that is really fantastic. And they also have um, some of that you know, trackman type of data, or I'll go to places that have trackman data and look there. I try not to look at other scouting reports. I do look at list orders because I'm always curious to see things. Um, you know, I was saw Matt Winkleman, who's a great Phillies writer, was talking about, man, how did everyone miss on Boba Shot? And it's like, I remember in credit to Keith Law, he was the dude. That was his guy. He was high on him. Uh, the rest of us saw swing mechanic issues and we were wrong. Uh, but I feel like, you know, we all have those guys, uh, you know, Sean Murphy, Every time Sean Murphy comes up, I feel like I, I can always like, he was my dude. I was so high on Murphy. Uh, I gave him a first-round grade, and no one else got to see him that spring. He was hurt and had a very limited uh, opportunities, and Oakland benefited. So uh, without further ado, I did write up the first half of these. And that was like a whole day to do. It was a, a big effort to get through that. Um... So I'm just going to – I have all the picks in front of me. I have everything laid out, and we're going to start talking. We'll see how far we get. 15th pick belongs to the Milwaukee Brewers. I have them taking Robbie Martin, outfielder, Florida State, with their sleeper selection being Henry Davis, catcher from Louisville. Henry Davis is one of those guys who honestly could fly up boards. He's handling a staff at Louisville that has more future Major League arms than probably any other team and consistently has more Major League arms. They've turned into maybe the premier baseball factory in terms of uh, talent that is produced from their program. Uh, so he, as a sleeper, he makes sense here. He it's just he barely got to play last year, just like everyone else. I just kicked over something. So, uh, But it was his first year at Louisville. We didn't get to see some stuff. He had absurd numbers and a very small sample. Robbie Martin has been a highly productive outfielder at Florida State. Uh, brewers are all about production. We have seen that with their picks. They kind of like safer, high-ceiling production. They look at some of the same stats numbers I do. That's how they take Ethan Small in the first round when most people think he's a second-round pick. Um, I'm blanking on... Oh, they took Garrett Mitchell, who was, for them, uh, a big risk pick because there hadn't been as much data behind that. But this is a team that takes guys with plus-hit tools or sliding talent. There's another thing. Bryce Terang was sliding talent. Uh, Garrett Mitchell, sliding talent. So, also keep sliding talent in mind. Miami Marlins were, this was one of those picks I spent a lot of time, they, are, they have the 16th pick, debating. Uh, their first few drafts with the new regime were very, very ceiling-oriented. Like, just swings, big-time swings. With the last few, they've gone kind of safer early and still taken their fair share of swings. That being said, it's a really good prep pitcher class, and I have one prep pitcher who's come off the board so Chase Petty has an unreal mix of uh, just with his pitches and what he can do. He's hit triple digits this year. There's some really solid secondary offerings. I feel like he would have been, for me, the number one pitcher in last year's class. It's a pretty athletic, clean profile. I think he's a really interesting, high upside, cold weather arm, New Jersey. Uh, if they go for ceiling, Chase Petty makes a lot of sense right here. He could move relatively quickly if you want to just considering a bullpen arm though that does feel like a massive waste sleeper if you go for college production christian franklin arkansas one of those underrated baseball factories frankly like arkansas always puts out one to two high picks every year he was you know out there with uh keston uh or heston juristad uh a year ago and has some similarities where there's a lot of swing and miss you're hoping that he'll get the opportunity to kind of corral that show that as he's advanced and become a more advanced hitter through the uh his time in school that he won't have quite the high percentages. He was looking better last year again in short sample. And if you're going for a more safer pick here, that's I thought Christian Franklin kind of stood out amongst the college grouping of what's left due to athleticism, power potential and what's in place. Next up was another debate pick. We have the Cincinnati Reds up and the Reds like safe safe college guys or they like big power potential uh tyler stevenson was their last prep hitter until this past year when they took uh, austin hendricks i was not the biggest hendricks guy uh, and there were a lot of people who kind of cooled on him but some of the best power potential in that entire class and as you're looking at what this reds team we think is going to be like going forward what this system they're trying to produce and build with The player that stood out just in terms of um, athleticism and everything else, I'm having a hard time finding my correct tab, was James Woods, outfielder, IMG Academy, committed to Mississippi State. And the sleeper is Jackson uh, Jobe, right-hand pitcher, Heritage High School, Oklahoma, committed to Ole Miss. Uh, I'm probably getting his name wrong there, uh, undoubtedly, but with uh, Jobe, he's going to come up a lot. So I'm not going to go too in-depth there, but I think for what, You know, if you want to take a risk on uh, a ceiling pitcher, he makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of reasons why teams won't be as high on him. But when you look for analytically, the things that would make me be like, this guy has a very bright future. You can see that. And like I said, I'll get into more of that in a bit. As for Woods, this is one of those. It's like, do you consider Woods? Ian Moeller. uh, There's a few other. uh, uh, Josh Baez was another one of those prep outfield types. I was looking at all of those kind of high ceiling guys, and Woods is just—I think the probably has the best value at this point in time. He did—he just had a fantastic summer. It's one of those things. He's one of those guys who really made an impact in the summer. Does a bit of everything: athleticism, speed, power. This is kind of a range that makes sense for him. Uh, and if they wanted to go with the with what they have built up in terms of that new pitcher development system. Uh, job would make a ton of sense now let's go to pick 18 uh st louis cardinals uh my favorite bit of trivia was with if the astros didn't lose their pick this would have been the third time in four years the cardinals were picking 19th ian Moler, catcher from wallert high school in iowa come in to lsu sleeper Gunnar hoagland right hand pitcher old miss hoagland is a guy i'm very high on he came out dealing looked like a completely different guy than he had as a freshman you might remember him as a supplemental first round pick who did not sign with the pirates they had a few of those guys with their old front office regime but why moeller well the cardinals have been going for upside and they've been going for power potential and they've been taking some big swings in recent drafts when you look at guys like uh nolan gorman uh jordan walker last year even you know uh, trey fletcher they are not afraid to take a risk. And it's interesting because for the longest time, they're one of the most successful drafting teams by being very conservative. And, you know, when they started going for some risky guys, I liked those picks. I was a big Nick Plummer fan. That did not work out. I was a big uh, Delvin Prez fan. That did not work out. So we'll see. I mean, Dylan Carlson, uh, looks like that will work out for them. But if they're looking at power potential, uh, if they're looking for just upside and athleticism, Ian Moeller, right here, is a fantastic pick. The offensive profile would play anywhere. If it plays up a catcher, you could have the best offensive catcher in baseball, and that's the ceiling with him. As for Hoagland, uh, talked about him a bit already. Unreal numbers in the very short season we had before everything got shut down. Former first-round pick, uh, SEC school. A lot of reasons to think if he comes out and performs well, this year he's going to be a top-ten pick. Built Bar is one of our great sponsors today, and I'm gonna make the same recommendation I've made before with Built Bar. Go there, check out the site. You're going to see a lot of flavors that intrigue you. Go with the Mixed Box. See what you like in there, see what you don't like. So far, going through the mix Box, I did my recent reorder. Uh, there is only one that was not my favorite in there. I'm curious to hear from others. What are you liking in the new box? What are you not liking in the new box? It's always good to hear from others and see Uh, If there's a new favorite or, you know, one that's maybe not up there. On the whole though, when I can say there was one I didn't love and and I've loved all the rest, that tells you how good Built Bar is. If there was one that I thought was average. This is a fantastic product. It is something I eat every day. Their new remodel I think is great. The way they've completely changed their bar, it makes it even uh, a smoother taste. Uh, You know, it's a lot of protein bars. It's just so chewy. This is not a chewy bar. They, it had a little bit of the, the gelatin with it and they've really even made that, but everything's gotten better. It was a fantastic product, a product I love. It's even better now. Go check out Built Bar today and remember to use the promo code Locked On to get 20% off your order. It's a product I love. com promo code Locked On. Another fantastic sponsor is Ohio vs. Everyone. And as I watched the Browns today, I thought, man, I'm going to be going to Ohio vs. Everyone because I don't feel like, Tomorrow, reading the national sites where it's like, oh, uh, Baker Megafield was terrible uh, because he didn't play well. Instead of like, he was hurt and trying to play through it. Uh, I can already see the articles that will be coming out nationally tomorrow for people who don't like him. They're just waiting to tear him down and couldn't wait for this opportunity. Uh, There's going to be more written about the Browns tomorrow than there has the previous five weeks combined. Except for when you go to a great site like Ohio vs. Everyone, Ohio vs. Everyone has their pulse on Ohio sports. They are writing it for Ohio fans, and it's a place to go and see and read articles specifically for the teams you love by people who know the teams you love. So go to Ohio vs. everyone today to get sports articles meant and written for you, the Ohio sports fan. So we are, and there's my so, so you know that I'm back from an ad read because I'm terrible about that. But let's go back into the mock. Pick 19 belongs to Toronto Blue Jays. And I changed this pick. I was really struggling with where's the bloodline player. And yes, last year Toronto Blue Jays just took the best player. Austin Martin was arguably the best player in the draft. I had him rated as the number one player in last year's draft class. And when he got there, they picked him. You know, There were some players with bloodlines that took Austin Martin, who was the top player available. So they could always take the top player available here. But when in doubt let's go with someone with bloodlines and the player of bloodlines when I was going through and I'd forgotten about it at first was Joe Mack, catcher Williamsville East high school in New York. His brother Charles was a six round pick uh, by the twins out of the same school. Uh, Joe is a catcher. He is committed to Clemson. Good power potential, uh, good uh, defensive ability back there. One of those guys who should be a no doubter behind the plate Yes, catching is a huge risk. I have often said that it is a bigger risk than prep hitters. I mean, catchers in general, uh, it seems... I feel like catching in general is a bigger risk than pitchers. But Mac has bloodlines. He's got production. This is about where it makes sense for him. And in terms of bloodlines, he was the player that stood out for me more than any other player in this draft class. Uh, if the Blue Jays were not going to go with bloodlines, they might take Sal uh, Frelick, the outfielder from Boston College, all-State in hockey, uh, that stood out. And I think football as well in Massachusetts, uh, very small, extremely undersized, or he'd go higher. I could see the Blue Jays being a team that's all about the athleticism that's there and sees value in the fact you're getting a player who, if he was 6'2", six, 6'3", six, instead of being like 5'10", would have been long off the board. New York Yankees, very conservative drafting team. That's just how they are. They're a team that is extremely conservative with the draft in general. Yes, they have had some notably high prep players and taken, but specifically since the pool system has begun, they go college first. They took Austin Wells a year ago, the catcher slash first baseman from Arizona. Gunner Hoagland, I already talked about him, him still being on the board, made this an easy pick. They've liked college uh, pitchers over the years. They have liked redrafts over the years. College pitcher who's a redraft from a big time program, easy combination. Henry Davis, still being on the board, was the sleeper here. Uh, again, we just don't have a lot of uh, visual on him at the college level, but everyone knows that the Louisville catcher is uh, catching top arms. The, his skills behind the plate were never in doubt, and the offensive production last year really put him on the map. This is kind of starting to make sense for a potential range for him. So I think Hoagland, with the Yankees and their preferences... Uh, Makes a lot of sense right here. The college arms are kind of thinning out at this point, and there is a bit of a drop-off in my mind after Hoagland. So here, uh, it just made sense for me in terms of what the Yankees do and who's still on the board. Chicago Cubs, 21st. They have a new scouting director, and after being maybe the most conservative team outside of the Chicago White Sox for a few years there, the Cubs went with... uh, ed howard the prep shortstop uh, in the first round that's a big departure for a team that hadn't taken a prep talent in a lot of years cubs are just a fascinating squad because they have so you know everyone talks about chris bryant we'll talk about the cubs a little bit more later this week when i get back to my uh, nl central trade preview chris bryant is like one of four players who's a free agent at the end of next season for them this is a team that is low on minor league talent and has a lot of talent that's going to be hitting the market soon so they need to really do better than the draft, which they have not done in recent years. Uh, if they are going to go for ceiling here, Josh uh, Baez, they had some success with a, you know another uh, Jay Baez in the first round in the past, who was a prep talent. Baez is a outfielder slash right-handed pitcher from Dexter Field South High School in Massachusetts. He's from the Dorchester area. Not uh, necessarily known Massachusetts High School ranks. Not typically a hotbed. We did have Mike Vasili a few years ago. But Baez is really interesting because on the mound he can be up to the mid-90s. And he's just a big kid. Like really filled figure, strong, like 6'3", I think like 215 or 220, 225, something in there. Some of the best power. He's mostly considered an outfielder. Uh, Just huge, raw power maybe the best in the class but he also has the big arm he's a fascinating individual because there's so much potential there very young for his class i think he was at points during this past summer he was 16 competing against you know 18 year olds he'll be i believe he'll still be 17 when the draft rolls around when the younger players in the class lots of ceiling lots of potential cold weather bat young for the his class two-way talent if you're looking for highest uh, risk-reward in this class, it's it's right there. And Jackson Jobe, right-handed pitcher, sleeper, if you want to go for... Maybe not the risk-reward guy amongst the the prep class. That might uh, still fall to a player we have not talked about, like Chase Burns at this point in time. Yes, we have two high chases in the uh, prep arm class. But the, uh, the other kind of high-ceiling uh, outfielder at this point would be Benny Montgomery, but I think Baez is the more interesting of the two just in terms of uh, ceiling potential and what he's done and just general youth. So those are the players through 21. We will... I know, Indians fans. You're like, what? The Indians are 24, uh, 3 We're not getting that today. We're not. Uh, I'll keep you listening for the next time. If you like the draft, then this was... Great. If you don't like the draft, we well, got to learn some names. Uh, the Indians will be in this next part. We'll start off with the Chicago White Sox, continuing through uh, short of the Rays at 28, I will not mention because they're not eliminated yet. And right now, I'd have to go check and see what the score is on the Dodgers and Braves game to see who it is I'm not talking about on that side of things yet. But as always, I want to thank everyone for listening, reading, and reviewing, downloading the podcast, telling a friend. All of that is fantastic. It all helps this little podcast continue to grow every day. I have been Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. And as always, go Tribe!